This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. What is up, everybody? Alex here. Unfortunately for this segment, James couldn't make it. He just moved this week, and the internet man did not come when he was supposed to come. So it is just myself. However, I am joined with a really exciting guest, Zach Lowy. Zach, thanks so much for joining me. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here. I uh, can't wait to get to it. So Zach is on Twitter at Zach Lowy. We've been following him for a good while. <laughs> uh, he's pretty popular, if I may say. He is the co-creator of Breaking the Lines. So Zach, why don't you tell us about Breaking the Lines, kind of what you do on Twitter. And and you know, I know you write a couple articles or for a couple websites and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, Breaking Lines is all about just people who live and breathe football, really. Um, You know, we're always trying to tell the stories that nobody's talking about. We're always trying to, you know, look at, find the next big thing and just capture the angles and the stories that aren't really on anybody's uh, radar screens. Uh, We've, you know, given a lot of, um, we've given, you know, a lot of platforms to up and coming uh, content creators and yeah I mean we're we're all about you know trying to expand trying to test the boundaries and uh, really just breaking the lines <laughs> that's awesome so tell me how do you have the time in the day and the energy to follow seemingly <laughs> every player in every league including youth academies keep up with all the transfer windows which we'll discuss in a little bit I, don't, I just don't get it how do you have the time to do so <laughs> I mean I don't know I, I'm, I'm look I'm not omnipotent uh, you know I, there are, you know there are some leagues that I, I don't follow or at least follow as much as I should but I mean honestly you know if you love something uh, you make the time that's the old cliche and that's sort of I guess that's sort of what uh, what has taken me here today. It's just it's really just a passion for me. That's you know I've just got this sort of undying passion and hunger to really learn and study as much as I can about football. Not just I mean I mean for in every single aspect, whether that be tactics or scouting or uh, strategy or economics or just every single angle in as many uh, places as possible because at the end of the day, it's it's the biggest sport in the world. Really, there, there are just so many uncovered, untapped, unwritten stories and just untapped areas that uh, need to be brought to light. And that's really what I'm striving towards, just trying to put those lesser-known stories and lesser-known players and just lesser-known people on the map. That's really what... I'm aiming towards. Well, I'd like to say you're aiming towards it very well. (laughs) Thank you. So I'd like today to talk about your thoughts on Everton's transfer window, as well as Watford's transfer window coming up on the weekend in which Everton host their first home match of the season against Watford. So first off, if you'd like to talk about Everton's transfer window, um, we got honestly what feels like a bunch of big names, Fabian Delph, JPG, Iwobi, Keane, Lossel, and Sidibe. And, and obviously plenty of outgoings as well. So how, how do you feel about Everton's transfer window from a pretty neutral perspective? Yeah, I mean, from a neutral perspective, I think that it's, uh, it's really a step forward 
they, you know, they've cleared off a lot of deadwood. They've cleared out a lot of deadwood and still got more to go, like Mirayas and uh, Bolasi. But they've they've cleared out a lot of deadwood. They've improved their squad. I mean, Losel, he, you know, he's a decent Premier League goalkeeper who should definitely give Pickford a lot more uh, competition than Stecklenburg did. It's a good move for him. It's a good move for the club. Delph, yeah, I mean, right, good, good Premier League experience. Uh, you know, versatile player, uh, Marco Silva. You know, he loves that. I think that not signing a center back is probably the biggest question mark. I did think that from what I saw, Yeri Mina looked pretty convincing against Palace, and you know, if he can put in more performances like that, you know, I I think that uh, last season was definitely a bit of an adaptation. Season definitely had some teething issues there, but if he can step up, that's good. Sidibe, I have my questions about, but he's an upgrade over John Joe Kenny. Also, Everton didn't have, doesn't have like a compulsory or do, doesn't have an obligatory purchase option. Uh, Jean Philippe Gbamin, I think that he'll be a good uh, Drew Sagana gay replacement. And I mean, they, they got good money for gay considering the fact that he's, I think, 30. Um, and obviously he, he deserves to play Champions League football, so I'm happy he did get to return to France. And, um, yeah, no, Bamin, I, I like that move. Can also deputize at center back. Um, a very shrewd signing who I think that they got him for definitely under his market price. And, yeah, no, it's, it's looking like a, you know, a complete interesting squad. Obviously, Andre Gomes, uh, I was I was a bi- I've been a big fan of Gomes really since his Benfica days. I was I was super excited when Barcelona signed him. Obviously, it didn't turn out as well as I thought he would. But um, Everton's a great a great uh, place for him to rebound. Iwobi, I like that move uh, for him too, and I think that it'll be good competition between him and Bernard and Moise Kane. Yeah, I mean that's that's a massive coup. I actually coup for Everton. I wrote about that in my uh, piece over on El Nueve Medio, where I discussed, you know, why Marcel Brands is one of the best negotiators, but really just one of the best sporting directors in football. Yeah, and I discussed that in detail. So yeah, overall, I think it's a positive transfer window for Everton. Yeah, I mean, back to back to the Yerry Mina topic, his very first match in which he started for Everton last year was against Chelsea, and he actually won man of the match. Yeah. And then Against Palace, according to who scored, statistically, he was also man of the match. I didn't catch to see who who officially got man of the match. I think that a lot of Everton fans are really excited about Iwobi, yes. specifically Moyes Keane. How do you think, how long do you think it's going to take Moyes Keane to adopt, adapt to a new league, you know, a new system, battle with Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top? Look, he's he's a very good prospect, but he's also 19 years old. And, you know, Syria is very different uh, to the Premier League. So... I I mean, I don't know. I guess conservatively I'd say probably like November, maybe December. Fact is he's he's a y- very young player. So, you know, and Everton did play it did pay a decent amount for him. So, even if he does struggle in his first season, you know, you can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. You've got to uh, give him time to adjust. And I also think that that competition will elevate will elevate Calvert-Lewin and give him, you know, good competition. That's what I've seen a lot of that in just Everton's window, just getting good competition. There's not that much of a gap between many starters and many, you know, reserves. So that should definitely, definitely help. Yeah. So before we transition into your thoughts on Watford's transfer window, 
tell us a little bit more about your piece on Marcel Brands and, and, and how you think that he is uh, one of the most shrewd businessmen in the game right now. That, that's definitely one of my favorite pieces I've written, not just in Spanish, but in any language. I mean, uh, I, I just I love talking about sporting directors and because they're so under the radar. They really, you know, work behind the curtains. And yeah, Brands is just overall, he's just a shrewd businessman. I think during his PSV days, he did very well at just securing players from Mexico and South America. Off the top of my head, Hector Moreno, Irving Lozano, Maxi Romero, uh, Gasson Pereiro. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And I just think that, you know, obviously it's it's not something that I know. I mean, in my piece, I sort of imagine uh, like the meeting that he had between between him and Jesus Martinez, who was the club president of Pachuca. Because you obviously you don't know what's going on in those boardroom meetings, you know. You, I mean, I'd love to be a fly on wall, on the wall for one of those, but I'm not. The fact what we do know is that these clubs, you know, they demand a certain amount, or you know, in the case of Juventus, they demanded a reset. They demanded a buyback buyback clause at first, and they eventually they didn't get it. You know, he's just he knows how to come out on top. I mean, he got uh, Jean Philippe Bamin uh, for. I would say for under the the market price, I was expecting Everton to pay like 10, 15 million more than they ended up doing. Uh, same thing with Moise Kane. Uh, same thing even with Andre Gomes, honestly. I mean, he, he really is just, you know, it's, it's hard to teach that. Uh, it's hard to teach how to be a good negotiator. But I mean, to be able to negotiate and to come out on top in these battles, that's something that not doesn't just serve for football, but serves for you know, any business. So I really respect what Brands has done. And I do think that Everton, you know, their future is in good hands. Yeah, I'd have to agree with all that. And again, I'm just blown away with how much you know about, (laughs) you know, even specifically Everton not being a fan of Everton. So actually, before we transition, what is what is your favorite team? Honestly, I don't, I don't really have a favorite Premier League team. I sort of have a soft spot for Leicester, just because of the Obviously, the the miracle in 2016, and you know, I remember them like whooping up on Manchester United, like in one of their first games back in the Premier League back in uh, 2014. Yeah, I, so I guess I was outside, but I, I don't necessarily I don't cheer for them. I mean, I I admire their transfer business a lot, but I it's funny because I think that maybe like 0.5 percent of my Twitter followers actually know who I support. I, I support Barcelona. And I, I mean, DC United too, as they're my local team. But yeah, no, no, I, I support Barcelona. It's funny because I remember the day that Andre Gomes was announced, and I was so excited when when they announced him because I had been a fan of him both in Benfica and at and at Valencia. I was also pretty excited about the Yeri Mina buy. I remember they they got the option. I remember when they Barcelona secured a certain clause on Yuri Mina's contract when he when he joined Palmeiras and he was on that team uh, with with Gabriel Jesus that uh that won the title but I I started following him following his progress when he left Santa Fe in 2016 I believe and joined Palmeiras and obviously you know he he did very well there and you know people sort of give him a hard time I think which and I noted this before that he is sort of like a clunk. I noticed this back in his Palmeiras days that he's that he is sort of a clunky defender. You know, looks sort of awkward on the ball, and so people, you know, they can make fun of him and and think that he's a dud. But the fact is, you know, he's coming off. He can't. He has. He has had a very good World Cup. 
He's gotten a 30 million uh, pound move to Everton and he's starting in a Premier League team. So in my opinion, that's a success. I mean, that's that's anything but a flop. And no, I, I hope that he does well. I mean, he's uh, he's you know he's a good man. He's done a lot of charity work back home in Colombia and set up some uh, foundations. And I, I really do want to see him and Andre Gomes do well, especially after you know Gomes suffered so much at Barcelona to the point where you know he was even having you know mental health issues. It's nice because Everton is sort of becoming a rebound club for a lot of players who didn't make the cut at Barcelona. You know, you've got Delafeo, Digne, uh, Yeri Mina, and Andre Gomes, of course. So it's it's nice to see. Hey, and trust me, we are perfectly happy with being, <laughs> you know, yeah. Barcelona, Barcelona's uh, best friend because I, yeah. I think all Everton fans can agree with that. And and <laughs> there's no shame in in. Being on the bench at Barcelona and yeah, wanting to come to the Premier League because uh, exactly. obviously it's working out. Let's talk a bit about Watford's transfer window leading up to the match this weekend. They got Craig Dawson in center back from West Bromwich Albion. They got a young central midfielder from Man City U21s, Delhi Bashiru. I think uh, last name. The big one for me, I think, is is Mela Sar from Renee, the winger. Some Everton fans were even talking on Twitter about us possibly tracking. And then lastly. Uh, almost kind of a joke, in my opinion, Welbeck, free agent from Arsenal at striker. If there was one uh, criticism I would have, it's it's the same criticism of Everton. They didn't get a center back, or I mean, I mean, they did get a center back, but they they didn't re uh, reinforce their uh, the center of defense as well as they should have. Uh, Craig Dawson, you know, he's he's a decent signing, like uh, like Ben Foster from last year. He's Premier League veteran came in from West Brom, and yeah, I mean he's he's fine. I just don't think he he was a f- good move and at a bargain price. Uh, but I do think they should have brought in another center back. I just don't think that between uh, Cabasele, Cathcart, and Mariapa, I'm just not sure that's really good enough. I mean Cathcart. I, I was saying, I remember saying back la- in last season, like, you know, it is just amazing that Watford are doing this well because their their collection of center backs is honestly like, is honestly like among the four worst in, in the Premier League. But I think that Gracia can make it work at least until the end of the season. Deli Bashiru, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, not really an expert on him, but I did, I did come uh, across very impressed with him. During this summer's U20 Euros, I saw him actually in the same group as US and uh, the eventual winners Ukraine. He's you know he can win the ball. He's a good passer. He was definitely one of the best uh, on that Nigeria team, and, and that wasn't that good of a Nigerian team, but he did uh, stick out when he did play. Watford is 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 a competitive team. I mean. Uh, look at that midfield, Kapue and uh, Ducore. And of course, you've got, you know, likes of Will Hughes, Roberto Pereira, Domingos Kina. It's, it's not easy, but we'll see what he can do. Welbeck, I'm not, I'm not sure pay per game. Like I saw some rumor that he was, he would be getting paid per match. And I'm not sure if that's, if that's actually true. But I mean, the fact is on a free, it's, it's not too bad. Obviously, the biggest question with him is just if he can stay fit. I think, yeah, I definitely think that Ismail Asar 
is yeah that, that's the biggest signing for them you know they were it looked like they would struggle to get him at first cuz uh, cuz Ren were you know haggling over the price you can play up top in a three man attack or on the wing and i think i think it's a good move for them could even play as a second striker and i'm really excited to see a front three with um with him delafeo and dini yeah i mean it's safe to say that watford have strengthened over the summer to my knowledge on paper they lost a couple of players but None that I recognize except for Britos, the center back who just ran out of contract, but he was older anyway, and hence why they brought brought in Craig Dawson, as you said. You then see their opening league match against Brighton and Hove Albion, mm-hmm. and they lost 3-0 to further put the nail in the coffin, right? Brighton is not a possession-based team, but Brighton had the majority of the possession. They're pretty much equal on passes. I mean, shots on target. Why do you think that they struggled so much against Brighton, and, and do you expect that to kind of continue this season i mean i didn't watch the game against brighton so i can't make an uh any real assumptions but you have to remember that watford were sort of struggling in form at the latter end of the season they they lost uh, quite a bit of quite a few uh games down the patch they they ended the season in kind of poor form to be fair i do think that gracia at least in the first half of the season, punched above his weight, and just he was that team was really running on all cylinders. But I do think that I think that they should be they should still be strong enough to finish mid table, you know. And and really, I think they they have some good pieces, you know. I I, I like the strategy of Watford in in just scouting. I did a thread on that last night. Just just they. They know what they're doing, and of course, their connections with with Udinese and and uh, Granada help with the the Pazzo ownership. But I, I mean, you do have to take into account that while they were uh, punching above their weight at the start of the season, they were you know regressed to the meme and mean, and even did the opposite, you know, going under their weight uh, later latter end of the season. So. I, I think that they should be good enough to finish thirteenth mm, or so. I mean, Gracia is a quality coach, and I if if their poor form does continue, then I certainly wouldn't rule out any uh, January signings. I mean, they do have Joao Pedro coming in. I mean, he's he's going to be eighteen, so and you know playing in Europe for the first time. So I'm not sure he could necessarily make an immediate impact, but you know, kids got potential. So we'll we'll see. Let me hear it. How do you think the match will play out on Saturday? Everton at Goodison Park hosting Watford. Who do you think would be the favorite in that match? And what would be your reasoning? I think that Everton will, personally. It's funny because Everton and Watford is is just sort of one of those... They've sort of had a makeshift rivalry lately <laughs> because, you know, Everton taking Richarlison and uh, Marco Silva, obviously what happened to them. So it's it's sort of just like a weird rivalry that's happened. And obviously there will be a lot of a lot of smack talking later on. But no, I mean, I think that Everton will probably be favored. Any team that loses 3 nothing to a Brighton team that is playing its first few matches with a new coach under Graham Potter, I mean, you, you, I mean, you have to take that into account. I, I mean, I think that Everton have, in general, have a stronger team than Watford. I, I feel like it could be a game where... Richarlison really just takes over. 
I'm looking forward to seeing that um, that matchup between him and Holebas down Everton's right wing because Richarlison, when he's on it, he can he can dominate really any opposition. So yeah, no, I think I think Everton. I think it'll be a probably a tight game, but I think Everton will come away with the win. Like I said, they have they have pretty much all the pieces. It really just depends on how they gel, how the pieces gel. I think that Moyes Kane, like 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 I said, he's going to have a bit of an adaptation period where you know he adapts to a new league, a new style. You know, adapts to not being on the best team in the league anymore. But he isn't he isn't just some guy who, you know, just just came out of the Juventus Academy and was just handed minutes like it was a like like it was a, you know, a, a lottery ticket. I mean, he's he's actually a really talented player. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on, for, <laughs> for giving us some awesome insight, talking about breaking the lines. And, and is there anything else you'd like to talk about or, or say before we sign off? No, I mean, it was great coming on. Uh you know, keep up, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, hopefully I can come on again. And uh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, man. So for everyone, check the description for Zach's Twitter handle. It's at Zach Lowy. Zach covers, as he mentioned, pretty much everything from you know <laughs> different players on the market to exciting young prospects coming up, tactical stuff, um, just different stories around, you know, even stuff like the Everton-Watford rivalry, transfer stuff. So Drop him a follow. It's very entertaining. Zach, thank you again. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.